Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Before becoming a police officer, he then obtained a bachelor's degree in business and a master's degree in education. As an active member of his community, Anglin served as chair of the Ramoka Housing Foundation from 2010 to 2012, and also served as town councillor in Rimby from 2010 until his election to the Legislative Assembly. Anglin successfully organized and led the Levesta Aereo Group, an association of southern Alberta landowners opposed to the construction of a 500 kilovolt electricity transmission line through their area from 2006 to 2010. So please join me in welcoming Joe Anglin. Thank you very much, and thank you all for coming out and um, listening, hopefully, to uh, some very important information about what I think affects not only you in the pocketbook, but what affects us uh, economically as a province moving forward. So as I begin my presentation, I'm going to skip some slides because I only have 30 minutes, and if you know anything about me, I speak for hours. So I'm going to get cut off in 30 minutes, and I'm going to go fast through some slides. But what I want to do is... Hopefully get this right. Why is that not changing? There we go. I got it. I got it. I want to give you an idea of how you get gouged. And it's important to understand that because you hear that every now and then from me in the press, that the generators have just gouged you. The price of electricity has risen to $1,000. And I want to give you a sense of how that happens. And when Altalink are some of my... Uh, detractors in the industry see this slide. They go crazy, but the fact is it's accurate. And I'm going to give you a very simple, simple definition of what the merit order is. So every time the ASO needs to buy electricity, they do so within the two hours that, of the time they need it. So right now it is noontime, and the bidding for electricity at 2 p.m. has just ended. And what the ASO does is it takes all the bids for electricity and it puts it in what's called a merit order. That merit order is it just stacks up the electricity. So if you look at my diagram at the very top of that bar chart, it says 8,000 MW or 8,000 megawatts. So if I say that's for 2 p.m., basically the bidding just stopped for 2 p.m. today, right at noontime, for 8,000 megawatts. And the ASO comes up with a plan or a projection, we're going to need 8,000 megawatts at that hour. So what happens is, in my diagram, I'm showing you that Hydro bidded in or offered in 4,000 megawatts for free. Nothing. Zero. They were willing to give their electricity away for free. They just offered in for zero, and they'll take whatever price they get. On the next level, I, I have a marked out coal, and coal is offering in 3,800 megawatts at roughly $45 a megawatt. And then, of course, we are still short about 200 megawatts, and I just put other at the top of the bar chart. Um, gas, name the type of generation, comes in, and they offer in at $450 a megawatt. And that would be the merit order for 2 p.m. this afternoon. Now, the way the bidding or 
auction system takes place here is that the hydro offered in electricity for free, coal has offered in their electricity for $45, and everyone else came in and said, we'll sell you our electricity for roughly $450 a megawatt. So how much does this cost the people who are basically purchasing on this system? And the way the bidding system takes place, and you people who have sold grain or sold cattle are going to laugh at this, um, had we did the cost at the in-merit cost, it would cost us probably around $261,000. But that's not how it works. Whatever is the highest price, in this case, the highest price is $450 a megawatt, that's what everybody gets paid. So the hydro, which was willing to sell the electricity or give the electricity away for free, now gets $450 a megawatt times 4,000 megawatts. It's a heck of a system. So now I'm just going to take it to an extreme so you can see how it really works. If we needed 10,000 megawatts and 99% of that came in for free, but the last, last megawatt came in for $500 a megawatt, you would have thought that we would have only been paying $500 a megawatt. But we will not. We will be paying $5 million for the whole entire purchase. So the game with the electric companies is simple this. Simply this. Doesn't matter what you bid in or offer in. It only matters on how high you can get that price in the end. And then that's what you're going to get paid. So when you hear about the different prices they offer, that's all smokescreen. Wouldn't you love a cattle auction that you went to and you saw all these prices, but everyone got paid the highest price that was offered during the day? <laughs> now, now, I'm find, now I'm finding out the cattle guys in the room. Um, it's an amazing auction system, and, but that's the way it works in electricity. So this is how you can manipulate the prices. So we created a system in Alberta, and it, by the way, it is not a deregulated system. You've got to get rid of that language. It is a restructured system. It's fully regulated all over the place. It's not deregulated at all, although we call it that out in public. And I, I like to show you this because it just proves my point. This is a, a response from the ASO, and uh, I believe she is now an executive vice president. Her name is Erickson. And this is a comment that I took from her uh, in response to a letter that I wrote in a newspaper. And she basically wrote approximately six to 7,000 of the me megawatts available out of the total capacity in this province is available to the ASO generally at free, zero. And I never knew that was that high. But that's, I'm sorry, you don't get it for free. I mean, but that's what they're willing to take is but you pay whatever the highest price is. Now, the reason I want to show that, and this is what jumped off the page to me, is right about now, I would say the demand in this province, and I might even be able to pick it up exactly as I talk to you, because I watch it on my phone all the time, see if I can find it, is probably around 8,000 megawatts. And it's absolutely imperative. I'm sorry, it's 9,427 right as I'm speaking to you. So right now our demand is 9,427 megawatts, and they're saying anywhere from six to 7,000 is free all the time. So why are our bills so high? It's a valid question. And I'm going to come to this point about the Altalink sale and some of the, th the 
the trappings that have not been answered for us if they sell this company, a regulated uh, utility, to an American company. I'm going to skip some slides because I really don't have a lot of time to go over it. I think I'll just stop there and let you look at that while I speak about the rest of the, uh, the program here. The restructured market in Alberta is unlike any other market. The map you see on the screen in front of you is basically where we have restructured uh, markets around, the pro around the North America. And you notice the Northeast. Now, what is misleading about this slide is, quite simply, no two are alike at all. The closest is probably Alberta and Texas, but there, there's a lot of dissimilarities too. And when you look at this map, you'll see there's a number of states who have deregulated or restructured and then repealed that. They have gone back to a regulated system in one form or another because they found it was not working for them. So I took this uh, material from uh, an economist uh, that made a presentation in Calgary, I think just about six months ago. And it's interesting to note how the changes have happened. We've, we did have a movement in the last decade to restructure, and now there's been a movement to reverse that. And I'll show you why in a second. The only way we can do any type of comparative analysis, and this is just retail, uh, if, if I showed you the industrial, the industrial is not working on the restructured side at all. So the retail is an interesting phenomenon. So we compared, or the economists compared, states that adjoined each other. So this is a comparison of Vermont and New Hampshire. And you'll see that the green line is the restructured market and the yellow line is the regulated market. And since early 1990, uh, clearly, the prices for retail consumers were less than the restructured market. This is another comparison between Indiana and Ohio. And again, clearly, the restructured market did not deliver the prices that the regulated market did uh, in this comparison. And then, of course, this is Utah and Nevada. And you'll see uh, the same scenario. Now. The problem with that is, as I started to say, the comparisons are hard to make because no two systems are alike, in all fairness. So I'm showing you price discrepancies between adjoining states because it is relatively close, but the fact is regulation in those communities or those jurisdictions are different. So it makes this comparative analysis. I, you can make the figures anything you want is really how you can play the game. And you need to know that when anyone presents any data to you about the electricity market. You can really make it up. So when you talk to people in this province about how cheap the price of electricity is, pretty much they're not lying to you. But they're not being truthful either. That's the problem. Because you can manipulate it any way you like. We can have, I think a market-based system for the auction of electricity. I, I think it can work. I've been to enough conferences to see it. I am not convinced it is yet working in Alberta. There are some real holes in the system, and we do see consistent gouging of the public. 
and I, you'll, you'll hear me you know, spout off in the newspapers and the press every now and then when it happens because there's no rationality behind prices hitting $1,000 a megawatt. The cost to produce electricity, depending on the type of generation, if we did a complete average, anywhere from $60 to $80 a megawatt. Now, if you're an old coal plant that's been around 20 years or more, or a hydro plant that's been around a lot longer, you're way down. I mean, it's real cheap. It's, it's a license to print money is really what it is because your, your capital investment has been written off a long time ago, and to operate the plant compared to the revenue, is just, it's just a license to print money. You would love to own a generator that's nice and old, let me tell you that right now. So the system that we've created is a system that favors the industry to manipulate the price. So we have the only system that allows what's called economic withholding. And what that means is a generator in other jurisdictions must, if they want to sell their electricity, sell it all. One big bunch. So if they produce 300 megawatts, they have to offer for sale the 300 megawatts. We allow each generator to offer six times. So if they produce 300 megawatts, they can offer the first 280 for free and then get six more cracks at it to see how high they can jack the price. In other jurisdictions, that's actually a, a civil offense, and in some that's a criminal offense if you would withhold electricity from the market. In Alberta, it's actually legal, and it's the way we run our system. And you need to understand that. So now we fast forward to this Altalink sale, because I just gave you a quick overview on how this market works. Altalink is a fully regulated utility. When you go home and you read your electric bill, turn to page two or page three, depending on who your retailer is, and look at on that electric bill, you will see something called a transmission charge. That is where you pay for everything, other than the electricity lost on the transmission, because usually you have on your bill transmission lost, and you get charged for that too. Um, you get charged for everything. When Altalink runs an ad in your local newspaper, they bill you for that. And oh, by the way, you pay them 9% on top of what they paid for the ad. They're the only business that you know of that gets to capitalize the advertisements that they make. No other business gets to do that in any other accounting format. But we allow that in our regulatory system. So I want to give you a sense how all costs are passed along to you as the consumer. This is important. So when Altalink was first created, a company by the name of SNC-Lavalin, who I say is suffering terribly so across the world with a reputation problem. I'll leave it at that. You can figure that out by doing your own research. They're probably looking at me on TV right now. We're ready to sue. But they do have a reputation problem. Probably justified, but I'm not sure about that. They bought the asset from TransAlta and they bought it for $800 million. They bought it for 33% more than what it was listed for on its book value. Now, that's an odd purchase if you know anything about utilities. Utilities generally sell for book value. It's the way utilities always transact. So why would a company with lawyers and accountants pay 33% more for an asset? Nobody knows. It was never answered. But that's what they did. Now, of course, 
That asset now is worth roughly, we figure, we're, we're close, $2.6 billion. Because we can only guess at it. We can look at the numbers they provide us and try to dig, you know, read between the lines. But what we do know is the company is selling for $3.2 billion to a company owned by Berkshire Hathaway, one of the most famous billionaires, Warren Buffett. And by the way, I'm a fan of Warren Buffett. I think he's a hell of a businessman. Um, but I didn't bring the letter from me. It was a Berkshire Hathaway investor who wrote the Berkshire Hathaway board. Uh, no, I'm sorry, she wrote the Alberta Utility Commission. She said, I am a Berkshire Hathaway investor, and this is good for my investments, but this is bad for Alberta. And I'm torn on how to make my decision here. And that was her letter. Because I'm going to tell you, th there's so many questions and so few answers, then the overriding question is, should we continue with this sale? And I have filed an objection with the Alberta Utilities Commission that we should not. I'm not even necessarily opposed to Berkshire Hathaway owning Altalink. What I'm opposed to is the way we're going about it and all the unanswered questions moving forward. So I showed you how price manipulation can happen. Berkshire Hathaway owns multiple, multiple generators in the United States. Altalink is prohibited from having any ownership or association with generation. Now, it's pretty logical because if you have the railroads owning, you know, certain manufacturing facilities, guess who gets the cheap rate? Now, some of you have been around a while and understand oil. You, Standard Oil might come to mind uh, and how that was monopolized when uh, Rockefeller, you know, monopolized the railroad. So you've got to watch out for these monopolies, and Altalink is a regulated monopoly. But if Berkshire Hathaway buys them, that regulated monopoly will have a direct connection through an ownership of generation and a whole lot of generation in the United States. So the question I had for our regulator was simply this. If this sale goes through and if they were to alter the flow of electricity in Alberta, not to affect the price in Alberta, but to raise the price in Montana, would that have been a crime? And I had the board looking at each other. Well, it wouldn't be a crime in Alberta. So did, would they have done anything illegal in the United States? Chances are, probably not. Now reverse that argument. If they manipulate the flow of electricity in the United States, but do not alter the price in the United States, but prices go through the roof in Alberta as a direct result, did they commit a crime? Chances are, Probably not. The other thing is, how would you know? Our regulator cannot look across the border, and their regulator has no authority to look up into Alberta. This is an issue with multinational corporations. So you have a regulated monopoly that would have certain market control that I think is detrimental to you, the consumers. Now, my opposition to the sale is quite simply this. Start the process over again, lay out the ground rules proper so you know exactly how this is going to be regulated and how you're going to control this so there isn't a monopoly that can basically gouge the public. And then if Berkshire Hathaway wants to bid, let them bid, knowing exactly what they're purchasing. But if you allow this sale to go through 
and then start making regulatory changes that imposes upon what they were planning to do. By the way, they promised they wouldn't do that to you. Just want you to know that. I sat down with them. Um, TransAlta promises that every time I've talked to them, too. Um, the fact of the matter is we're going to end up in court if we start imposing now conditions after they made the purchase. That will cost you also. We should not do that. What we need is a fair playing field that all these companies have a fair shot at bidding to basically buy and operate. In your case, what they're doing is paying for the privilege to operate, Altalink, and let the best bid win. Now, the problem is, is this. For a company like SNC-Lavalin, what is the best bid? Well, the highest price. For the public who is the, and I say this sincerely, the biggest and second investor, the other investor is the company that buys the company, but you are the major investor in this Altalink. You pay for it all. Uh, all those costs are passed down to you. Where do you get your return? And what is the best bid for you? Because if you tell me it's the highest bid, I would disagree because you pay for it. You're paying for this. So the highest bid is necessarily not your best bid. Your best bid is efficiency, quality, and basically something that will affect long-term consistency, reliability in the marketplace. That, I say, has more monetary value to you as the consumer, as the investor, than the highest price offered. So you are in a different category as an investor than, say, the stockholder, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, unless you want the same here in Alberta. But the fact is, you can see the conflict. And our regulators are not looking at that from that perspective. So when SNC-Lavalin looked and took in, I think, five or six bids, they won't tell me exactly how many, they just presented the highest bid to the AUC, the Alberta Utilities Commission. And the issue is simply this. Um, was that the best bid, and why can't you, the public, entertain the, any other bids to consider that and maybe send that back to SNC-Lavalin and say, hey, wait a minute, we looked at the bids, we are the other major investor, but we see this bid and that bid, can you please now bring the three to us and tell us why one is better than the other. In other words, that has been my argument. And I am bringing a bill forward, and it's the first bill, Bill 201. It's called the Public Interest Amendment Act, and it's going to have a lot to do with the results of what's going on here. I do not think it's going to affect the sale, but we had a system in place where the public used to get reimbursed for its investment on these types of sales. And it was an actual formula. It was called the TransAlta formula. And the courts in 2006 put an end to that. And this is one of the first cases coming forward. So it's probably the second or third. But to deal with that where – but this one's a huge one. They're overspending by $600 million for this asset. You will pay for it somehow. We don't know how you're going to pay for it, but you will pay for this somehow. They just haven't told us how they plan on making that money back. But I can guarantee you Warren Buffett – has no intention of leaving $600 million on a table up in Alberta. He has every intention of making that money back. We just don't know how he's going to get it back, but I can tell you I know how he's going to get it back. You're going to pay him back for it. Simple as that. Now, under our old system using the TransAlta formula, 
that overpayment will go back into the rate base. SNC-Lavalin will still make a return on their investment, but there would be a return on your investment, and we will not have this silliness of we would eliminate this overpaying uh, for assets that are unreasonable and unjust. And that's what that Transalta formula did. It's actually quite a complicated formula. And I, I think, for the most part, it worked, and it worked well. And that's what my bill is, is proposing to deal with, is to give the utility regulator a chance to go back now. Now, when the court ruled um, to eliminate all that, what it said was, this isn't wrong. All it said was the Alberta Utilities Commission did not have the ability to reallocate proceeds from a sale because they did that under their public interest mandate. And what the, utility what the court said, you, you, you're reaching too far under your public interest. You've got to have that written in legislation. So I'm bringing a bill forward this, this autumn. It should be tabled the week after we come back into session. I believe the first Monday back, second Monday back, whichever one. Um, and that's what my bill will be going after, is to give the Alberta Utility Commission the ability to look at all the bids and the ability to reallocate proceeds in a fair and just manner based on your investment versus the investments that the company is making too. I am not looking to penalize anyone, but what I am looking for is to make sure our interests are protected, and most importantly, that our interest in our grid for our economy, because our whole economy runs on electricity, is protected. That is the most important point for me, is to have a, uh, an efficient, reliable, and a uh, cost-effective system in place so we can run and operate our businesses and our lives and our communities. So thank you very much, and I guess I get to take questions after lunch.